You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. You're all welcome this morning. It's good to see all of you. Um, I think my job is very simple because as far as I'm concerned, everything has been done already. I don't know how, how all of you felt during the, especially during the last, the last set we had after the offering, but the glory came down. God is here. God is in our midst. We connected the glory. We interacted with the glory. And I guess now my job is maybe just to add one or two points. But as far as I'm concerned, the main substance of maybe even what we were supposed to get today um, has taken place. Amen? You never know. You know, it's in the, I guess God is, a, God is an interesting thing. God is an interesting person, let me say. You never know what's, what's going on or what's happening. Um, I think maybe a good example, well, yeah, before I talk about Moses, but you'll be here, the glory will be here, the, the, the worship team will be ministering, you'll be connecting with God, and you don't know what's happening. You know, you don't know what's taking place inside you. You don't know what's taking place in your circumstances, in your heart. It's maybe, you know, you get into the week, and then you're halfway through the week, you're Wednesday, you look back and you think, hang on, actually, this, some, this thing was sorted out, something in my heart, maybe even in my physical body has changed, and you never even realized so when we have these kind of times, even if what's important, I guess, and while we're on our journey with knowing God more, knowing God more intimately and experiencing the glory, while we're on our journey with that, it's important that you know that feelings aren't really that, that important. They aren't that central. Central. Whether you feel something or not, doesn't mean that something didn't take place. You could have had the biggest breakthrough and transformation in your life, and you didn't feel a thing. So... Just know that as we, as you, as you um, engaging in faith, as you hear in the morning or in your, even in your own, own personal time, you're engaging in faith, you're connecting God in faith, you might not feel anything. Maybe you don't even hear anything tangibly, but make no mistake. Something is taking place. Something is happening. Amen? Something, and then you'll look back on it in days to come, weeks to come, time to come. Wow, I'm a different person. And you can't even place where that, where that change took place. But you know it's because you were obedient and because you followed God. Very quick example of that is Moses at the burning bush. You know, he was just talking. And a, a good, ex, a good um, um, how we can know that Moses didn't know that anything took place is because he was telling God he wasn't qualified to go. Think about that. If he'd felt fire or heat or tingling in his toe, can you, you picture it? If he'd felt something, uh, he would have had all the things. If he felt power, who would not have gone and stood before Pharaoh? The God of the universe has come to you, and now if you felt something inside, you would go there. Forget the rod. You'd be waiting. You know, I don't even need anyone. Can I just go there and deal with Pharaoh? He'd want to do it in one plague and just clear the whole of Egypt. But obviously, he didn't feel anything. That's why it was like, I'm not confident. I don't know. My brother, I can't speak. So it just shows you when you engage with God, you don't always feel something. But as we do it by faith, we trust that something is taking place. Amen. Sometimes we'll see it and God will make us aware. Sometimes with time, all we'll do is, we'll, you know, the lights will go on. We'll realize that something has changed. Amen. So as I said, I think... My job is maybe very simple today. All I'd like to, the title of what I'm going to share today is Seek the Glory. Three words, very simple. But what I'd like to share today and get across, as I said, the main work has been done before, um, during the, the former part of the service. But what I'd like to do today is try and open up your eyes to what does the glory look like when it manifests? When you see it manifest, what can it do? What can it produce? 
so that for two reasons. Number one, you can start to recognize it when it's happening and be more inspired to go further. And number two, so that you can know what to push for. So you can be inspired. So you've got, you know, it, it sometimes I find it's more helpful if you've got a picture of what you're aiming for. It's not just, you know, the glory, which is this big bubble. You're not quite sure what's inside the bubble, but you know it's great. You know it's exciting. And you know, I don't know, there's a big word called glory there and there's a bubble. And you're not quite sure what's inside that bubble. Now, as you continue to walk with God, I pray you'll continue to open up your eyes. So let me just make one disclaimer before I start. I'm going to mention about four or five things. It's maybe scratching the surface. This isn't a complete um, exposition. It's not possible. What I'm trying to say is I'm going to mention one or two things. And then what I'm going to encourage each one of you to do is go and continue searching. Go and, because the glory is, a, I mean, the subject is so, if you, if you take a concordance, you look up the word glory and you just see how many references there are. It is an enormous subject. It is enormous. So even a whole a week, a series of messages can't do it justice. So I think what this hopefully will do is just ignite something inside you, inspire you, excite you for you to go back and start studying and looking and researching yourself. And I believe as you do that, God's going to speak to you about your circumstance, what manifestation he's dealing with you, what he's doing with you right now at this time. So it's easier for you to recognize. So there's a huge amount. And all I'm trying to do is just maybe ignite a bit of excitement inside you and you can take it forward from here. Amen? Okay. So, um, let's see. So, what are we seeking? How do we know once it started? That's what we're going to look at today. So, the glory also, um, you may have heard Pastor Eric mention it before. If you're at Bible school, again, Bible school, just putting it out there. Um, uh, you would have heard him mention it. But, you see, glory, um, glory is also a realm. Glory is a realm. It's something you tap into. Now, what's important, and this is, again, what, what I want to try and get across today is, what will happen is as you start, as we're on this journey, what will happen is you'll start touching the glory from time to time. And you'll start connecting it. You'll see one manifestation here, one, you know, it's like anything. You kind of see a little bit here, a little bit there. But now what you've got to, now, but don't let that stop you. What we've got to realize is glory is a realm. It's something we've got to aim to be operating in on a continual basis. So what I'm mentioning today, everything that the Bible shows about what does the glory look like when it manifests, We've got to be pushing to see that on a regular basis. Amen. So we've got to be pushing to not just touch the glory, but actually step into, be constant in the realm of glory. Because ladies and gentlemen, that is what shakes nations. That is what's going to change this world. That is what is going to put, out, put your name, not that that's what you're looking for, but I'm saying once you're walking there, it's not possible that you can't on a large scale affect a big change. And whether your name goes down on this side of eternity or not is irrelevant. Maybe no one will even know you. It doesn't matter. But you can know for sure that in heaven, you are not just that person who sneaks in, you know, and then it's like, oh, okay, you know, oh, where's your name? That's fine. There will be a, there will be a significant notice when you come in. And that's what we're aiming for. The realm of glory is what we need to thirst for, long for, push for, and be positioned in. That's when society and the world gets changed. Amen. So, <clears throat> um, the glory, yeah, the glory is a very interesting thing. If you, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a couple of definitions and then maybe just expand. So, the, if you look up the if you look up the word glory, you find a whole lot of definitions, just like with any other you know English word. English is an interesting language. You can have one word and you always find 15 definitions. So I don't know what it's like for someone who 
whose, language, whose first language isn't English. I know for me, whose first language is English is difficult enough. So I can't imagine if you're learning English what it's like. But um, anyway, I guess there's a reason for everything. So the first thing, the first definition of glory is magnificence. Magnificence. Let's look at Exodus chapter 24, um, verse 15 to 17. Exodus 24, 15 to 17. It reads as follows. <coughs> Excuse me. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called out to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Verse 17. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. The glory was splendid. The glory was magnificent. Um, yeah, I don't want to say the glory was glorious because that doesn't, that doesn't. But the glory. Now, the interesting thing is, again, if you look throughout, especially the book of Exodus, but just when the Israelites were in the wilderness, and you look at when it says, and then the glory manifested, and then God came down on the tabernacle, wherever it was, and manifested his glory. You'll see, excuse me, it happens quite a few times when there are um, divisions within the camp. Like when there's Achan or there's this, I'm not, not Achan, but when, they, when there's people rising up against Moses and they want to take over and do things and there's a squabble, there's a disagreement, what will happen is you'll see in the scripture it says that the glory of the Lord came down. And it was, they were here and the glory came down there, which means something you can notice. It means something. In other words, if it got the whole six million people who are arguing about something to stop and notice, you must know it's something significant that came down and rested over there. And that's the glory. So the glory is magnificent. Another, another way to, to define it, or magnificent or resplendent, resplendent, this is English, resplendent beauty, which means shining brilliantly or gleaming. That's the glory, shining brilliantly or gleaming. Now, the interesting thing about that is, but let me say it like this. So, shining brilliantly or gleaming, in other words, the glory is anything which makes your life stand out. And it can be anything. And here's the exciting thing. It can be a talent, it can be ability, it can be a way you carry yourself, a way you engage with people. It can be anything. Once your life starts looking, you know, shining, in other words, and you might, and here again is the interesting thing, you might not see it. You might not realize it. You might be looking at yourself in the mirror and feeling like the same old person, which, you know what, is Monday and feels like somebody drove over my head or, you know, whatever it is, and you're starting the week again, and then people are seeing you at the office and they think, hang on, there's something different about you. There's something, there's something that stands out. And as I said, you might not look like you just walked out of a nuclear reactor, you know, to yourself when you look in the mirror. But you step into the office, it might just be the way you smile, the way you carry yourself. There's something that comes out when you look at people. There's a way you do your work, you complete your tasks. All of that can be the glory. All of that can be manifestations of the glory. And all of that can be the glory flowing through you. So ladies and gentlemen, let me inspire you today to push for the glory, to seek the glory, because the glory is a subject which is, it is so vast. And once the glory comes upon you, people can only say, wow, that's the truth. They can only say, well, you know what, I can't quite explain it, but there's something amazing. There's something different. There's something brilliant about that person. There's something shining. There's something incredible. And that's what we have to push for. So again, remember, it's not always, not always, 
How are you feeling on the inside? People will start to tell you when the glory has started to take hold. And we need to keep pushing and pushing until we are resident in that realm. Amen. Okay, so magnificent, resplendent beauty. Um, the glory can also be very great distinction. That you can also define the glory as very great distinction. Someone like Daniel would fit into that category. So Daniel getting, um, so the glory can promote you and can put you above. In fact, no, it's fine. We'll get, we'll get there in a minute. We'll get, so the second, the second definition of the glory is something that is the source of high renown, honor, fame, or admir admiration. High renown, honor, fame, or admiration. That's what the glory can do. The glory can promote you. The glory can put you above. Let's have a look. There's a, there's a, there's a scripture that I, I really, really like. It's Genesis chapter 45, verse 13. And I hope this will inspire you as well because it gives you a, quite a nice picture of the glory from a practical point of view. And this is what it says. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, let's start from verse 12. And it says, And behold, your eyes and the eyes of, your, of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. This is Joseph now um, addressing his brothers in Egypt after, after he's revealed himself to his brothers. And this is what verse 13 says. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt. And of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. There's a kind of glory that Joseph carried, that Joseph, well, let me say it like this. The, the, the picture I get from that scripture is Joseph, remember where he was put, he was made the prime minister over all of Egypt. So glory also has to do with promotion, it has to do with position, it has to do with advancement, it has to do with authority, it has to do with status. Now remember, status is not something that we're seeking. We don't seek status, but two things. Number one, the higher your status, the higher your position, the more you can do. Because now if you're in charge of a thousand people as opposed to five, well obviously your impact is greater with regards to that thousand, in, if it's in society. And, uh, okay, now I've forgotten the other one. It's okay. So that, 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 that one will do. So if, you, if you're in charge of it, so we, I said we're not seeking status. Status is not important, but if you're in charge of more people, then obviously you can achieve more. The other thing was that if you're in charge of, the more, you, the more you're in charge of, the higher your position, the more glory you carry, the more glory God gets. That's the thing. So, you know, so it's, it, understand me very well. We're not seeking status. You don't seek status. You're seeking God and you're seeking the glory, but it's to know that the glory puts you above. The glory puts you on top. The glory will automatically lead to advancement and promotion. And it's once you get there and once that starts happening, you have to know the right thing to do from that position. Not obviously take advantage of it and try and use it for your own means. But okay, God, what is your purpose in this situation? What are you saying to me? Why have you placed me here? What is because God's looking for faithful people to place in high positions so that his will can get furthered. That's what it boils down to. Joseph was one example. Daniel was one example. I mean, you read Daniel and you see what he had. It was incredible. I mean, he went through, um, how many kings was it? One, two, th I think it was four kings, two or three um, um, 
national superpowers because there was the Medes and the Persians, there was the Babylonians um, before that. So and this guy, normally a new king comes in, you know, you get rid of, you know, whoever was before and you put your own people in there. He was a, he was a foreigner, an Israelite who came, into, who came into Babylon. He succeeded, he got to the top. That country or nation, that in fact that world superpower got crushed very significantly by the next superpower, which were the Medes and the Persians, and they kept him on in his high position. And then if you read Daniel chapter 6, they even wanted to put him higher. That's not normal. You guys know, even when companies take over, you know, things, I mean, then that's, you know, almost, I can say, a little bit civilized. Back then, I mean, I know there, there are rules, but, you know, stuff still happens behind the scenes. But that's why you need the glory. So, um, but back then, there were no rules. If the king didn't like you, you know what, that was, that was over for you and your family, and no one complained. And it's not just putting you, you and your family would disappear, and there was no issue. So we need the glory. And once the glory manifests, there's no telling how high we can get, where we can, position, we can be positioned and where we can go. But it's not for ourselves. It's for the glory of God. The more glory comes out of our lives, the more glory God gets. And if you can, if you can continue in that vein, ah, there's no limit to where you can get to. Okay. Um, third, third definition or third, third aspect yeah, third maybe definition of the glory. A state of great splendor, magnificence, or prosperity. A state of great splendor, magnificence, or prosperity. So we've looked at the other two, splendor and magnificence. So let's look at prosperity for a moment. If we go back to Genesis 40, 45 verse 13, we see Joseph. When he was saying, tell them about the glory I have in Egypt, that wasn't just his position. Materially. He lacked nothing. Materially, it, there was, he had more than he knew what to do with. He said, you know, don't worry, it's fine. You know, leave your, don't even bring change of clothes. You know, his father, it was how many? I think 70-something 70 that came, father and brothers and whole family um, from Israel where they were or came from where they were. They came and they came to Egypt, uh, yeah, wherever it was. I don't know. Uh, memory, memory, I can't remember off the top of my head now. But they came. They, they came. You all know that they came. You've all read this way. They came. <laughs> they came. And when they came, they were told to come without any change of clothes, without any provisions, without any material. They were told to come with nothing. And then they were given the best land. They lacked nothing. That's how much Joseph had. I mean, he could just, oh, you know what? I'm having, you know, 12 people at my table today for lunch. And that was an issue when he had his brothers join him. He had a magnificent abundance. That's also a manifestation of the glory. I'm trying to paint an overall picture so that you know when we push for this thing, which is called the glory, what does the bubble look like? When you fill the bubble, what's inside? What can we be inspired to get and to take hold of? Because it's important to know so that, as I say, also when it starts happening, then you can know, God, okay, I want more of this. I need more of this. So we can look at Genesis 21, verse 22. There are a whole lot of um, examples of that. The interesting thing about Genesis 21, verse from 22 onwards, is <coughs> Abraham... Uh, Abimelech and the commander of his army, Abimelech was the king at the time, came to Abraham and said to him, listen, please make a covenant with me so that you know you don't, um, what are the exact words he used? Therefore swear to me by God that you will not deal falsely with me, with my offspring or with my posterity, 
but that according to the kindness you know, that I have done to you, you will do to me and to the land in which you have dwelt. This is the king and his commander. He obviously couldn't come alone. So he came with a commander of his army coming to one man and saying, listen, please, can we make a covenant? I don't know, but that's not normal. He's coming to one individual and he's saying, listen, you know what? Um, I'm not going to tell you that I'm a bit threatened by you, but you know what? You know, there's a, whatever, there's a culture, you know, where I come from that, you know, we make covenants with people, so I'd like to make a covenant with you. Everybody knew what was going on. It's because he didn't want Abraham on the wrong team if something happened. He didn't want Abraham to go again. And that shows you, that's promotion, that's enlargement, that's increase, that's glory. Abraham also lacked nothing. He lacked absolutely nothing. And that's what the glory does. The glory advances, the glory increases, the glory adds, and the glory expands. Amen? Again, if you look at um, Genesis 24, verse 10 and verse 35, you see when, when he sent his, um, Abraham sent his servant to go look for a, a wife for his son Isaac, he sends him with, I think it was 10, it was 10 donkeys, filled with, it was 24 verse 10, where am I? Here we go, 24 verse 10. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels, sorry, not donkeys, camels, and departed for all his master's goods. That's okay. They both carry things. <laughs> so, I just, I just, you know, you just, if you, you just can't, you can't do that for your Bible school exam though, just by the way. You can't, if it's a, a camel is a camel and a donkey is a donkey. You shouldn't just be confusing the two. So, for the purposes of my point, they carry things. Hallelujah. So, then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. For all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahal. So he took ten camels loaded with things. And Abraham still didn't have you know, anything left over. And then we see again, if you read verse 35, it says, The Lord, this is now the servant narrating about his, his master Abraham. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and, and he has become great. And he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. Amen. Okay. So, yeah, he had everything. So, <clears throat> okay. Next, next definition. Let's, let's, let's move on from here. Um, glory can also be defined as a state of absolute happiness. Gratification or contentment. <clears throat> a state of absolute happiness, gratification or contentment. Now that's interesting and that's ex exciting because that's got, um, that's got ramifications for our inside, isn't it? It's got ramifications for how we are on the inside. So let's have a look. Where is the... So in other words, the glory is not just an outside. The glory comes upon you and the glory affects every area of your life. This is why we need the glory. This is why you must seek the glory. It affects every single area. Your outside, your inside, your strength, your mind, your wisdom, your emotions, your material, your prosperity, everything. Your position, your relationships, everything. There's nothing that is untouched by the glory. Because the glory is, I think Pastor Eric mentioned last week, one of the things about the glory, the glory is like the essence of who God is. So once the glory touches something, it takes it into a realm of where it should be, where God is. Yeah. That's what it does. So it touches your finances, it takes it to where they should be. It touches your relationships, it takes it to where they should be. It touches your 
mind, it takes it to where it should be. Touches your emotions, it takes it to where it should be. Touches your leadership. I mean, what else? Think of the list. It touches every area of your life and it takes it to where it should be. For me, that is incredible. And that is a reason why we would seek the glory. Why we should seek the glory. Why we should prioritize the glory. And why we want it to manifest in our lives. It's something that is available to all of us. When Jesus died, the veil was torn. So there's no, there's no limit to our access now with God. It's up to us. How far are we going to push? How deep are we going to go? How hungry are we on this side of eternity? That's what it boils down to. So let's put our hunger in the right place. Pursue the right things. And the end result is going to beyond, be beyond what any of us can think or imagine. Amen? Okay. So... The glory affects you on the, it affects your emotions, it affects your inner being. So things like, you'll see things, these are just examples, but things like Philippians 4, 6-7, which says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That peace, and that's, peace is an inside thing, isn't it? Because you know Jesus. You know, he's in the middle of waves. and st- Peace is not a circumstance thing. Peace is an inside thing. Waves and storm and everything on the outside. On the inside, he, he was, he, there was peace. He was in control. He was in charge. He knew what to do. So the glory affects the inside. So things like this scripture, Philippians 4, chapter, verse 7, specifically, where it talks about peace, those are things that glory can bring. can establish them firmly in the, in, the, in, the, in the inside of us, and then it affects the rest of our lives. So contentment even, um, <clears throat> Philippians 4.11 or 1 Timothy 6 verse 6. 1 Timothy 6 verse 6 says, um, godliness with contentment is great gain. So contentment, again, is something the glory can bring. As you connect the glory. So, yeah, if you just think about it, when the priests were ministering, if you go and have a look when Solomon dedicated the temple, when the priests were ministering and the glory, the, the cloud came down and they couldn't minister, everything was suspended. I guarantee you they weren't anxious. They weren't fearful. They weren't worried. They weren't thinking about, you know, what's going to happen after I leave this meeting. There was nothing like that because there was a kind of internal change that had taken place. There was something that was affecting them on the inside. And obviously what, that also helps you to make then the right decisions. If you're, if you're sound on the inside, then the decisions you make are also sound. Amen? We need the glory, ladies and gentlemen. We need the glory. In this generation, in this time, considering what God has called us to do, we need the glory. And last of all, not last of all, but last of all under this point, the, the heal, when we're talking about the glory affecting us on the inside, that also means healing as well. That, can, that also means physical healing. So the kind of thing that takes place when we're ministering to God during praise and worship time. You know, we're connecting God and you come out and you think, hang on, there was something in my body and either it's gone or it's just it's feeling much better. That's the glory doing that. And if you look, there's an example. If you look at Moses in Exodus chapter 33, you'll see it says Moses sat face to face with God. And they used to sit face to face all the time. And when Moses came out, his face would be shining. 
that's the, his physical body was shining. Now that means something happened in his physical body, doesn't it? It means something took place. It means that interaction affected his physical body. And if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 7, it talks about, it talks about, it explains how that's glory. How Moses was interacting with the glory, connecting with the glory, seeing the glory of God and radiating the glory. That's what it means to become a carrier of the glory. Connected with God, the glory affected his physical body. So much so, Moses was, yeah, Moses was super, I don't know, I've got, I've got elderly parents, I'm sure most of you do, and, um, I mean, not sorry, parents, grandparents, and um, I'm just, I mean, I don't know how many, of the, how many of yours have got to the age of, got to the age of 100. I had one great aunt who got to the age of 100, just before 101, then that's when she, that's when she passed on. Now, Moses climbed a mountain at 120. Most, most grandparents that I know, post, post 90, they're not going to be climbing any mountains. <laughs> you know, there are, there, are, there, are few of, there are a few of them. So, you know, if you've got one of those grandmas, it's okay. So I'm, I'm just, I'm making room for everyone. There's, there, are, there are those grandparents which are just, you know what, they're just at another level. They probably, you know, I don't know, they're related to Superman or so, I'm not sure what. But, <laughs> and you're wondering like, you know what, where does... But, so there are those grandparents, but your average grandparents in general, after 90, there's not much, you know, sort of like recreational mountain climbing, you know, that's going on. <laughs> Moses climbed a mountain at 120. And please don't take the Bible just like a, you know, like a story that's, oh, you know, just kind of throws numbers around randomly. No, it doesn't. 120 climbed a mountain. Now, it shows you how much his physical body because there's nothing wrong with his eyesight he was he was perfect every era of his physical body which means the glory changes you the glory does say it's the supernatural affecting a change in your physical body there's nothing that can come close to that so what happened with moses was it tells you that moses died by the word of the lord in other words god had to command moses it sounds funny but it's true god had to command moses to die because the guy, no, really, the guy wasn't going anywhere. Because of his, because of his engagement, his, his interaction with God, because of, it's, it's, think about it, this is God, God can't die. Remember what happened to Enoch? He walked with God for a period of time, then eventually, you know, he, had, he eventually he left. Because it got to such a close point. And anyway, we heard from Pastor Eric about how, also, that was before the cross, and there were some reasons for that. So, um, but Moses, his physical body was affected so much by the glory that from a natural standpoint, God actually had to intervene. Moses, your time is up. Your road is finished. Like, like you actually have to go now. Otherwise, there was no other way he could stop because his clock, you know, if he continued just engaging with God like he wasn't, his clock, for his, his physical, biological clock wouldn't have run out. So, seek the glory. Seek the glory, seek the glory. There's no limit, there's no limitation, there's no area of your life the glory cannot affect. And there's no, it's the supernatural coming on the natural. And when that happens, God only knows what the result is that it will bring. Amen? Okay. My last point in closing, and well, let me say my last point. So, that's fine, I'm going to even stop saying that closing part, because you know, you try and then you never really get there. So, I'm saying it's my last point because that is true. The last point, the last point, when we're talking about definition of the glory, remember this is just a couple of package, so there's many more. Please go and look for yourselves. So 
Another way you can define the glory is the splendor and bliss of heaven. The splendor and bliss of heaven. Now, what does that mean? <clears throat> For one, that means that by connecting the glory, you can connect heaven ahead of time. Now, why do I say that? It's because, think about it. So, God is the author of glory. So, and there's, there's obviously a kind of glory you get in heaven, you know, when you've fully left, the, and there's a kind of glory you can experience here. But now, if you connect God, that transcends any limitation. It transcends sort of, you know, time and where you're going to go, where you're going to be, where you're going to get to. Sorry, this thing is running away. So it transcends all of that. That's okay. It's fine as long as you can hear me. It transcends, but stick with me because this, this is the last point. So it transcends all of that. So basically, when you are seeking God, when you seek the glory, you can connect the realities of heaven on this side of eternity. It's, there. it's like a conduit. It's like a passage. It's like a channel. Glory is glory, ladies and gentlemen. It's not, there's not a glory reserved for here and a glory reserved for there. Glory is glory. It's the same God. Does that make sense? It's the same God. It's the same author of glory. The Father of glory. That's what the Bible calls Him in Psalms. If you connect the Father of glory, you can connect glory. And once you start, the deeper you go into glory, the more of the glory you, you interact with. So it's experiences which people would often just be reserved for once they get to heaven, you can be having them on this side of eternity. Amen. That's the truth. And just because, and you see, here's the thing, just because you don't know anyone around you who's had such experiences, it doesn't mean it's not possible. You need to look at your Bible as your, as your, your blueprint, as your guide, as your path, as what can my journey look like? What can I access here? What is possible this side of eternity? Look at your Bible, not your neighbor. Your Bible, not the person, whatever, who, I don't know, whatever, the person on TV, the person in church next to you, it doesn't matter. Look at your Bible. If it says something is possible, it is possible. Amen? Amen? Amen. Think of John the Beloved, Revelation. I mean, I don't think you can get much more heaven than that. You know, he was even going, you know, it says, come up higher, come up further. I mean, he was even going to different realms within heaven. It was incredible. That's what's possible. That's the glory. Those are the kind of experiences. I mean, and obviously, we, Pastor Eric says it week after week after week. Some of us are going to see the Father. Some of us are going to visit heaven. Some of us are going to interact with angels. It, the list goes on. Think about it. Is Angels, one of the things, if you read about angels in the Bible, you'll see one of the things that stands out about them is glory, is it not? The way they shine, the way they carry themselves. Now, if you're seeking the glory, would it be unreasonable to mathematically try and assume that angels would be somewhere with, along that journey? If they carry glory and they are glorious and you are seeking the glory, somewhere along that line, you're going to connect angels. You're going to connect, you're going to connect heaven. You're going to connect the Lord. That is important. Let's maybe... That's fine. I don't think we'll close on this. You can write down Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 to 5 if you want to. Um, and that's just Jesus and his disciples. They are on the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm. And the interesting thing about that scripture, it also highlights the fact that as you press into the glory, as you, as you go more into the glory, you are able to hear God clearer. 
There's a clearer hearing of God. What God is saying becomes clearer. What God is saying becomes more obvious. And you start hearing God on a more regular basis. There are benefits to the glory which are, as I say, extensive. More than can be listed in a week or a month of sermons. I guess it's for each one of you to now go and find out. This is just to maybe drop something, give a bit of context, and now you take it and run with it. Because the glory can affect every area of your life, your family, your marriage, your finances, your personal circumstances, everything. Once the glory comes on something, it's the supernatural coming on the natural. There's no limit to where you can get to and where you can become. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.